Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished individual from Buffalo, USA, Mr. Emmanuel Kulu. Emmanuel, welcome to the show. Greetings. Thank you so much for having me. I'm blessed to be here. Thank you. Emmanuel is the founder of the Ancient African Antiquities Research Institute of America, which is AAARIA. He's an author, and all of you know I'm very partial to authors. So he's an author of books uh, which are called I Black Pharaoh Rise to Power in 2020. And the other one was I Black Pharaoh Golden Age of Triumph in 2021. So, Emmanuel, we're going to speak both about uh, Arya and your books. So let's start with Arya, the Ancient African Antiquities Research Institute of America. Tell me about this venture and your motivation to start it. Well, you know, as an African historian, my father's from Cameroon. Mm-hmm. My mother's from Chicago, uh, which is the heart of the civil rights movement. Um, but my father always instilled in me these great African roots to, to be able to bridge the gap between African-Americans and Africans, mm-hmm. helping African-Americans able to, to be able to identify themselves with Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started on this journey about five years ago, um, and I started to learn and re- recall the things that I was taught about ancient Egypt, mm-hmm. about ancient Mali, ancient mm-hmm. Aksum, Zululand, Carthage, mm-hmm. all of these great African kingdoms. Mm-hmm. So I decided to start educating on a different level, spreading this knowledge that I had knew from self-study, from travel, Mm. from my heritage, to be able to help others to identify with ancient Africa. Mm. And it wasn't just my goal to just allow Africans and African-Americans to identify. Mm. Mm. I felt it was very important for all people to identify with the motherland Mm. that we know is the beginning of all civilization in ancient Africa. So I felt that this was a very important thing So I wanted to, as I looked at the curriculums, I started to notice that African history was somewhat distorted. Mm -hmm. It was complete. It didn't show the thorough history of these great kingdoms that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. So as I continued to to travel into places like Egypt, into Nubia, Mali, Mm -hmm. um, the Congo, Zimbabwe, all of these different African countries, I'm seeing history that has not been taught mm. in world history. Mm. So that's where Aria comes into place. Mm. All of my research, my, the, our goals is to restore and replenish the history that has been tarnished and, 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 and actually create new understanding mm. for world history. So that's where we are with Aria. We want to start bringing individuals back to Africa, taking groups back home, whether virtually or physically seeing the beauty of Africa, not just focusing on this very narrow view Mm. of an impoverished Africa. Mm. We want to show the actual ruins of great civilizations. Um, We want to bring forth more archaeology and study tours and excavations to some of these untapped areas that we can uh, actually bring more discoveries Mm. to world history. Very well said. And I completely empathize with what you're saying, because I know we are going through a very similar process of re-understanding 
the five, 10,000 years of Indian history, which has been written very differently. And as someone said, and I'm sure you've heard this, that if the lion could write, the story of the hunt may be different. Exactly. Isn't it? Exactly. So fantastic. So, you know, uh, Emmanuel, when I was reading about you, you also say that you traveled to restore the untold truth of the missing part of the human story, Mama Africa. Yes. You just mentioned very briefly, do give me some examples of what you have found and how you're making a difference. For example, when you look at ancient Egypt, ancient Egypt was the first mega civilization. Um, we know about ancient Mesopotamia, which was before that, yeah. but it wasn't a mega civilization to where all the world, known world, was there. Mm. Ancient Egypt was the first of that. Um, as in my particular studies and learning from guys like Ivan Van Sertma, Dr. Ben, Shekanti Diop, uh, Vanessa Davies, Egyptologists, mm -hmm. um, just so many um, different Egyptologists who showed the actual truth that these mm -hmm. were African people. Mm -hmm. These were not Near Eastern individuals. This was mm -hmm. an African civilization that over time became populated with different people from all over the world and eventually became a very multicultural civilization. Mm -hmm. But its origin from dynasty number one to dynasty 32 mm -hmm. was mostly black African people. Correct. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to bring that knowledge to the world on a grand scale. And this is where we lead to the creation of I black Pharaoh rise to power. Mm -hmm. Now, many people believe that the term I black Pharaoh means that black skinned Pharaoh, which is not true. Correct. The term black in ancient Egypt meant symbolized completion. Mm -hmm. Now, if you if you actually take the time to study the the artwork of ancient Egyptians, you would notice that some of the pharaohs are painted completely black. Correct. Now, the question is, were they completely black skinned mm -hmm. at that point? Mm -hmm. They might not have been that dark, but it symbolized the pharaoh had ascended into a god form. Mm. So blackness to the ancient people of Kemet or ancient Egypt symbolized ascended into a god form. Mm. They, we do know that they were African people and they were melanated skin people. Mm. Um, but to say that they were as dark as they may have painted themselves mm. uh, may, be, may be an overstatement. But we mm. do know mm. that they were black African people mm. for sure. Amazing. And as you have been traveling uh, in the African continent, and you mentioned you went to Egypt and Mali and um, several other countries, what have been some of your challenges when you have been trying to explore uh, the need to change the way history has been written? Yeah, the challenge is, is you have already a system in place. Correct. So this is, this is difficult when you're talking about people's careers being on the line, their life's work, hmm. you know, have they have somewhat whitewashed, not even somewhat, they have whitewashed ancient Egypt in many other parts of Northern Africa. Hmm. So when people have dedicated their lives to doing this, and you're saying this is not true, hmm. you, you stand in op opposition to their scholarship. Hmm. And that's not something that people take lightly. You hmm. know, I, it came with death threats for me. Mm -hmm. um, it came with uh, racist names that were said to me, hate mail, mm -hmm. all types of things that came my way because mm -hmm. I wanted to restore the truth, mm -hmm. uh, not denying the fact that this was a great civilization, but denying that they would continue to deny that it was a black 
mm. African civilization. Mm. Mm. And um, that's one of the challenges that I had to withstand all of these different, uh, you know, hate mail and Correct. racist names and threats and mm. those things, um, you know, created it's much of great uh, response. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, coming back to the ancient Egyptians, uh, you know, who, and, and I agree, were Africans. Why and when did the narrative change? Well, the narrative changed over around the time the ancient Greeks uh, came into Egypt. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I believe that they always knew that mm. these people were African. Mm. But that is when people started to see Egypt as more European, mm. because now the Ptolemies had taken power and then the Romans followed and took power. And then following that, it were the, the Vandals, the Arab invasion, and down to this very day. So many people came into Egypt. And even before the Greeks, the Persians were there. Mm. So you have a mix of Near Eastern individuals as well mm. as Europeans coming into Egypt and uh, conquering what they call the Northern land at that mm. time. Mm. Interesting. And I'd love to get your perspective on what was the role colonization played across the entire world to alter some of these historical facts? Well, the thing is that colonization, the key point is to make you forget your history, your tribe, your understanding of who you were mm -hmm. in order to be able to reshape you. Mm. So what we have, we had the overthrowing, we had many palace coups in ancient Africa yeah. that happened for mm. these things to happen. Now, ancient African kingdoms were ruled by families, mm. royal families. Now, when these families and these priests and these leaders were either exiled or murdered, mm. it left the kingdom wide open mm. for a new regime to come in. And mm. this is just what happened. And this created a lot of division within African country, con countries who were actually, you know, merchants and tradesmen with each other mm -hmm. and then immediately it became conflict with each other mm. so um you start to see how colonization mm. was a way to to change the mind frame of understanding that what you have here mm. is not as great as what we had up in europe Mm. And they started to push that mind state to many African countries, Correct. which led a lot of African countries into disarray, not realizing mm. that Africa is the number one resource, sources of resource in the world. Correct. So Europeans had their minds fixated on overthrowing the African kingdoms mm. and taking advantage of the resources. That's it. And uh, my next question to you is that, based on all your travels, is there a move in different countries to rewrite the incorrect perspective that has been put down in history books? There is. Um, let's say, for example, in Egypt, you have your people who are in Aswan. Mm. Aswan, Egypt, is in, is in the southern part of Egypt. Mm. Um, and these people are very much oppressed. They're kind of put into positions of servitude. Mm. They are your, your darker skinned Egyptians. Mm. Uh, they refer to them as the Nubians. Mm -hmm. But these people are, in fact, the native Egyptian people. Mm. They, they, they are the ones who still speak the Pharaonic language to this mm. day. Okay. 
So there are people who know these things, but the movements and the, the way the governments, many governments in Africa are, they can be quickly silenced. So um, I would say the movements are not as large as they are in places like the America, the Americas and UK, mm-hmm. where we have more freeness of speech mm-hmm. to speak about these these injustices and these atrocities mm-hmm. that happen in ancient Africa, as, a, as opposed to uh, in Africa itself. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And uh, one more question before I move further. What is the reaction to the so-called establishment of uh, all the work that you are doing? You know, it's been a great reaction. Um, from a lot of different people. At first, I mentioned the challenges. Mm-hmm. And those challenges really made me want to give up at one point. Like, mm-hmm. is this worth fighting for? Mm-hmm. You know, having all these people send hate mail every other day, mm-hmm. negative comments, is it worth it? Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, as my novel started to become a bestseller mm-hmm. on Amazon, it became worth it. And then people started to see the vision and then started to say, why are so many people attacking this man mm-hmm. instead of commending him for the work he's doing? And then the support came. So first came the, the, the struggle. And now we're starting to see the success of our hard work and our dedication to restoring the truth. Interesting. Uh, my next question is, uh, Emmanuel, you know, if, if you go to the museums around the world in the developed world, um, most of the the artifacts which represent history, culture of different countries has come either from large parts of uh, South Asia or Africa. Are countries actually working to take their um, historical artifacts back to their countries to restore what was lost? Yes. Um, For example, Nigeria. Mm. Nigeria, the ancient Benin kingdom in Yoruba. Mm. They have been pleading with the French and the British Museum to return the stolen African resources, mm. as well as, uh, as, as our brothers in India as well, to mm. return these stolen ancient artifacts that are so connected to the culture mm. of these people. Mm. I mean, you have uh, these artifacts. Some were worshipped. Some were a part of a certain tribe or a part mm. of a certain culture. Mm. You know, Brother Kaba Kabane once told me that Culture is to a human as water is to a fish. Correct. If you remove the culture from a person, they start to forget Mm. who they are, Mm. forget their sense of their history. Mm. And this is what's happened to Africa and India to replace those cultures with Mm. more Western civilization uh, and more Western understanding. So um, these are things that have been happening and we're seeing that countries are now begging and pleading and asking and requesting for their artifacts to be returned and and, and to some of to to france's credit they're slowly giving some back but not all of them yet because they have the fear of uh of losing a whole entire section (laughs) in their museum absolutely (laughs) well said so uh, let me now move to your books, uh, Emmanuel. Uh, you've got two books, one in 2020, one in 2021, I Black Pharaoh Rise to Power, and the other one is I Black Golden Age of, uh, I Black Pharaoh Golden Age of Triumph. Tell me about these books. But before that, are these available on Amazon? 
Yes, they're available on Amazon. They're all over the world. They're in India, South Africa, um, America, the U.S., Canada, um, all over. You can find them on Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, all of the, the great book sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to send a special shout out to Pennant Publications to having the courage to take on this project. Mm-hmm. Debbie, Debbie Stanton, um, she really saw it and she says, you know, in her travels to Egypt as well, she always knew this was a Black African civilization and it's never been depicted as so. She knew it was kind of against the grain, mm-hmm. but when no other publisher wanted to publish it, she she saw the vision. So I'm going to send a special shout out to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but these novels, uh, the first one, I Black Pharaoh Rise to Power, um, displays the rise of the great Pharaoh Tutmosis III mm-hmm. and also the Pharaoh Hapshetsu. Now, when I started putting together this story, mm-hmm. I was looking for a warrior king and I was looking for uh, a queen of great renown. Mm-hmm. And I found that in, in this particular dynasty of the mm-hmm. 18th dynasty. Hapshetsu was an African woman who had ruled the world for over 20 to 25 years. Wow. Now, when I tell you that she ruled the world, Mm. Egypt was the mega civilization of the world at that time. Mm -hmm. It was the place where everyone came to see the great architecture, to see, uh, to discover the antiquities, to discover the science, the, Mm -hmm. the understanding of the solstice. Egypt was that place at that time. And they called it Kemet which mm-hmm. means land of the blacks. Mm-hmm. And Hapshetsu was at the helm of restoring Egypt to its glory days of the pyramid builders. Mm-hmm. And she created monumental constructions. She created trade routes with the land of Punt. And, and we also have evidence that she even traveled as far into South Asia as well. Mm-hmm. So we know that there was uh, great relationships between her and the Near East, other African civilizations as well, mm-hmm. as we see that her, a lot of the resources that she brought back were in modern day Ethiopia today. Mm-hmm. So we know that she was trading with them and um, even trees and things that were plants that were brought to her mm-hmm. kingdom and her palace were from different parts of Africa. Okay. So she did this. Mm-hmm. Then you had following her, this great King Pharaoh, Tutmosis mm-hmm. III, who was known as the Black Pharaoh, right. who conquered as far north mm-hmm. as the Black Sea and as far south as uh, ancient Kush. Mm-hmm. So this kingdom, Egypt, was one of Egypt's greatest expansion periods under this man's reign. So between these two, it was an excellent time for me to show both a great African king and mm-hmm. a girl and an African queen at the same time. Amazing. Amazing. So uh, you might have got time for one more question. And this is for many, many viewers and listeners who will listen to our conversation. Based on your incredible journey uh, in rediscovering your roots, and I'm hoping someday we'll see another book coming out like Alex Haley uh, on your journey through, through Africa. Uh, what would you say are three lessons you would like our viewers and listeners to take away from our conversation? Well, I would like the viewers to take away that stand on what you believe in. Mm-hmm. You are going to face when you're trying to change something. Mm-hmm. It brings a lot of fear mm-hmm. to the table. Mm-hmm. And 
when people have that type of fear, it sometimes brings forth hate. Mm-hmm. But understand the purpose in which my father helped me understand it, mm. that it's the greater good, the greater good outnumbers mm-hmm. the bad names that you're going to be called. Correct. And this is something I held tight, tight, tight to my heart when I was going through this journey. And when you're when you stand for change, understand there's going to be few that stand with you. Mm. But stand on your morals, stand on what you believe. Mm. And if you stand on it long enough and endure, it will create a strength in you mm. that is a weakness in many other human beings. Mm. So you become, so to speak, uh, somewhat supernatural because now these things don't bother you anymore. Mm. So when I see hate mail and, and things like that to this day, it does nothing to me anymore as it did then because I've grown stronger. Nice. So embrace your trials, endure grow stronger, stand on what you believe in and and keep the movement moving forward. That's my advice. Amazing. Emmanuel, on that note, uh, thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about ARIA, the Ancient African Antiquities Research Institute of America. Um, Thank you. And this is from my perspective as an Indian. Thank you for doing everything that you are doing to be able to restore so much of the incorrectness uh, that has been uh, presented in various parts of the the colonized world. Uh, Thank you for everything that you're doing uh, for Africa. And thank you for speaking to me about your books. Thank you again and good luck. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.